This is the Concealed Carry Podcast, Season 9, Episode 16. And welcome to Concealed Carry Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network, brought to you by Guns.com. And I am your host, Riley Bowman. And you see here, I've got with me also co-host and founder, Jacob Paulson. That's me. Yeah, in case you didn't figure that out. And, uh, and, and interestingly enough, he's wearing the Mountain Man Medical shirt, but we have over here our director of training Mountain uh, uh, at Mountain Man Medical, uh, Brian McLaughlin. How you doing, sir? Excellent. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. I think Brian wants a new title. Yeah, I mean, it should be like... I think he wants to be like Warrior something yeah. or Viking Warrior. Head of Tactical Agendas. Tactical agendas, which is ironic because this episode is titled "Tactical is Out: <laughs> Living Your Life as a Gray Man." So, uh, hey, Scott, welcome. Good to have you joining us. Um, so, actually, really looking forward to this episode with you guys. Uh, we're actually going to spend a little bit of time sharing with you all some updates and some news and some changes uh, as well relative to the podcast and, and things going on at ConcealedCarry.com. Uh, and also, you know, just, it's been a while since we did a, a podcast and I apologize for that. It's been like a month or so, actually about five weeks since we had a lot last podcast, which is partly reason, you know, the reason why we, we've gone through some of these changes recently and whatnot. So we'll get to that. I do want to mention that today's episode is sponsored by guns.com, our title sponsor, of course, and we'll uh, do a, a lengthier sponsor message at some point mid roll. And also ccwsafe.com, our other sponsor of today's episode, uh, longtime sponsor of ours. And, and of course, we, we're privileged to be uh, part of the CCW Safe family and appreciate their support of the podcast. So without further ado, uh, let's kind of get into it. Uh, one thing that I guess would be a bit of an announcement is actually Brian that you see over here is also uh, taking on the uh, duties of being the producer of the podcast which uh, many of you would recognize was previously done by Matthew Marister, our longtime friend, co-host, um, worked for us here at concealedcarry.com for the better part of six, seven years, uh, been with us since almost the beginning. And you'll note that he is uh, not with us anymore at this time. Uh, I'm actually going to hand it off to Jacob to, if he wants to share a couple of thoughts there. Uh we, we miss Matthew terribly and, you know, wish him the best in, in all that he's doing uh, going forward. But uh, unfortunately, you will not be seeing him uh, at least regularly. I suppose we could have him on as a guest, but uh, you won't be seeing Matthew like you have in the past. And so this is this is the, the podcast team as you see it now, me, Jacob and, and Brian. Yeah, yeah, we, we miss Matthew. Nothing's wrong if in case anyone's worried about Matthew. Um, he's he's doing fine uh, in his family, health wise, and all those kinds of things. But uh, you know, as much as we love Matthew, Matthew loves us. Uh, at this point in time, we needed to separate paths for the benefit of of all involved. So um, yeah, you never know. Like you said, maybe we'll have Matthew back on at some point. But at this point forward, you know, as sad as, as it might make all of us, uh, he, Matthew's just not part of the ConcealedCarry.com full time team. Yeah. Yep. So Matthew again. We love you, we miss you, and we wish you the best uh, wherever you are, assuming that you uh, check in and happen to see this, which wouldn't surprise us at all. Uh, so anyway, Brian's our guy. As far as the podcast producing goes, I'll continue primary duties on hosting, and of course, Jacob as well. And and uh, yeah, the future, I think, is, is bright. Uh, we got a lot of things in the works. We got a lot of um, projects we're working on as a, as a, as a company. Uh, you know, in, with our different brands, we're excited about some things that have come out recently and actually thought we'd take a few minutes here and kind of share some updates with folks. Uh, maybe talk a little bit of a, a brief recap of the year 2023 as we're kind of wrapping up this year and uh, looking forward to 2024, maybe some of the things on the horizon. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to throw it at Brian, you know, like kind of like what's, what's one thing this year that, uh, you know, as you look back at 2023, that was kind of notable or cool or awesome or an accomplishment and it could be anything. I think I got <clears throat> two things that kind of stick out to me. Um, uh, going up to uh, Minnesota to do that combat school um, uh, with uh, Todd Fossey's class. That was amazing. 
because uh, that was a lot of uh, weapon retention if you're carrying concealed. Like, uh, how do you fight hands-on while you have a weapon on you? I think about that class pretty often. Um, so that was very impactful. And I think the second thing I would say was going to be the Guardian Conference. I like I love doing the Guardian Conference every year. We got that one coming up next year. And um, just the type of people that come out there, uh, my dad used to call them like salt of the earth. You know, just very quality people, very self-reliant, um, you know, and coming out to learn. They, a lot of good students came out there. So, and of course, we got the, the a lot of cool instructors to hang out from. I get to learn from a ton. That's kind of the option. I, I get to go out there and participate and take a couple of classes every now and then. Some industry experts. And that's always really beneficial for my own personal growth. So, I'm a little bit selfish with the Guardian Conference. I really dig it for my own personal value. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, I, I would, I would piggyback on that and say that the Guardian Conference is the third year we did it this year uh, in Oklahoma City and had a great conference, had a bunch of great folks there, great instructors, great trainers. Um, looking forward to 2024, which we hope will be even bigger and better and more awesomer. <laughs> Uh, we actually are pacing well ahead of as far as where we are right now with ticket sales for the 2024, which would be the fourth annual Guardian Conference. We're pacing ahead of where we have in years past. Uh, so actually, it'd be a good idea, folks, if you're interested in attending the Guardian Conference, uh, September, I think, 20 to 22nd of next year uh, in Oklahoma City, at Oklahoma City Gun Club. You probably don't want to delay too long and, and and not get your tickets. So yeah. um, be a good yeah. idea to get on that. And you, you can always check it out at guardianconference.com. Uh, we're, we got a pretty good feel about where we're going to be with instructors next year, but we're still evaluating some of that, maybe adding another one or two or or whatever, but in uh, getting classes locked, locked down. What I can tell you, a preview, uh, we're going to have some classes. If you've attended Guardian Conference in the past, we're going to have a couple of things that will be um, new and, and, and different and you know things that we haven't offered before in the past as well. So I'm looking forward to what those offerings will bring. Yeah. Yeah. It's the Guardian Conference is the culmination of all the things we do in terms of our mission. Right. Uh, we're, we're one of those weird companies that does a lot of things. So, you know, our mission is to create and support guardians, people who want to get out there and defend themselves and others. And sometimes our role in that is to be a manufacturer and or reseller of good product. Sometimes our role is in providing a class uh, or online, you know, learning experience that helps somebody learn a skill. But the Guardian Conference is kind of where all those things come together. And so it's, it's huge for us. And yeah, we're more than 50% sold for 2024. And it's not, you know, we haven't closed out 2023. So it's quite the blessing for us. But if you're interested, it's probably worth moving. Not to mention there's an early bird discount. So it's, it's worth, uh, you know, getting a move on that. And you can always get a refund up to, I think, like 20 days prior to the event or something. Don't quote me. The terms are on the website. But you can get a full refund up to some certain point in terms of the proximity of the event. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. How about you, Jacob? Uh, what's a highlight of 2023 for you? Well, in 2023, we kicked off the year with our first ever time exhibiting, uh, you know, having a booth at SHOT Show. Uh, so that, that sticks out in my mind. SHOT Show is coming up again. Uh, we've been to SHOT Show many years in a row. This is an industry kind of insider event. It's not open to the public or consumers. It's really a place to, to get business done for manufacturers to talk to retailers, uh, to for the media to come and capture content uh, to put out there for consumers to be aware of what the new things are that are coming out in the gun world. And so SHOT Show is a, is a huge show. It's the biggest show in our industry. And uh, despite having been many years in a row, 2023 was our first year exhibiting. Uh, we had a 20-foot booth space, which costs way more way more money than it should. And uh, yeah, so it was really nice to be able to you know, meet potential new dealers, uh, do some business, expose more people to our awesome products. You know, certainly Mount Man Medical, but also Ready Up Gear, Barrel Block, Range Tech, um, you know, all, all the stuffs we got going on. So that was, that was, that was really nice. That was a new, uh, exciting way to, uh, to, to participate in SHOT Show. Yeah, I agree. That was, uh, yeah, totally new and different for us. It was quite a different experience experiencing the show from that angle as opposed to just attending it and doing media like we've done in the past. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that, doing that again. I think it was a positive experience for us. I guess if I was sharing highlight for 2023 for, for me, from my perspective was uh, uh, two things, both kind of related. Uh, I continue to, to push out there my pistol intelligence courses. I've been teaching for a couple of years now. Uh, people seem to really like that curriculum and I enjoy teaching it, teaching people how to shoot better um, through, I mean, a lot of different ways, but big, a big part of that being teach, pe teaching people how to use their eyes better, their vision better, how to see and process uh, target information and gun information better, which helps us shoot better. 
And so that's been great. I'm looking forward to my 2024 schedule, probably be teaching that class in person six-ish times like I did in 2023. I think I actually taught it seven times in 2023. Uh, but that's a plan. Looking, I'm trying to put together my 2024 calendar right now, uh, looking for you know six different hosts and locations and things to put that on. But also what was really exciting is last month, we did a launch of the virtual pistol intelligence course. Uh, which, you know, hopefully many of you were able to catch or see uh, that launch as we put out that info. But basically, uh, and I got to give props to to my guy, John Correa, and his team down in Phoenix, Arizona. I was hosted down there by actually Adam Winch of uh, Defenders USA to teach a pistol intelligence class last March. And John Correa and his team said, we'd like to film that. And uh, they, they did, and they filmed it, and they've got that on their app, but uh, also gave us the files. And we, we actually put our own edits to all of that. Uh, we think kind of cleaned it up and made it a little bit better from our point of view uh, as far as how we wanted to present the material. And not only that, but put together a workbook, like essentially a, uh, you, know, you can watch and consume the Pistol IQ course on video, uh, but you also got a workbook that you can work through and follow along with that's got, you know, the drills listed in there and, and, and kind of a summary of the different topics and things that are talked about. So you have that reference as well, because we recognize, you know, people learn through a variety of means. Uh, some people are, are, are more visual than others or auditory or kinesthetic. And, and so, you know, hopefully the idea here is we, we kind of uh, have put together, I think, a really stellar, I think it's honestly and I, I'm not just talking from my curriculum as it's taught, but I think it's one of the best virtual course products we've put together in terms of how it's put together and the resources that it comes, that comes along with it. Yeah. Uh, and I think kind of sets, uh, I don't know, you know, what we have going forward in the future as far as other, you know, virtual courses, but kind of think it sets the standard for, for maybe how other things like that might be done in the future. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a, that was a fun experiment and it, um, it opens up a lot more possibilities because in the past, whenever time we've done an online you know, virtual course, it's we've filmed it specifically for that audience. And now we're looking at something where generally live fire is involved, students on our line, they're participating in exercising. How do we convert that into something that somebody can do virtually that they can you know, just you know watch it on yeah. their computer and then go to the range all by themselves and still to you know maximize the amount of value that they can get from that that experience. And so um you know, working through how to do that with the pistol intelligence course was really valuable and, and opens up the possibility of doing other things in the future. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, there's the question too of, well, why put this out there virtually uh, in the first place? I, I do think it's actually a curriculum. It's not the easiest thing in the world to to put in a virtual format in that some of the things that are being taught and discussed and learned are a little bit more esoteric in nature and, and you know, less technique focused. You know, it's like, it's one thing for me to be able to be like, Hey, you know, uh, I mean, we talk about it in the course, but like, you know, here's how you grip and, and, and make it all very um, visual as far as like, if you can duplicate this grip or duplicate this stance or duplicate this other physical technique or technical thing that you would do, like that's one thing, but there's, there's some mental mindset stuff, some, some visual stuff. that's a little bit harder to, to convey uh, through a virtual format, but I, I I like to think the way we've done it. I think works, and um, also frankly, if I'm only teaching this class six times on the road, you know, each year, it's just not that many opportunities to reach many of you. And I know many of you want to want to see what that curriculum is all about. So at least there's uh, one avenue, and perhaps by doing the virtual course, maybe uh, you go, wow, okay, I'd, I would like to experience that in person. In which case, I'd love to see you in a live class at some point in the future. Fantastic promotional conversation. Props on the shameless plug. Uh, <laughs> excellent work. Oh, uh, anyway, so uh, seriously, go check it out. Pistol Intelligence. Yeah, and for those of you who are members of Guardian Nation, of course, remember you get free access to the virtual uh, experience. So if you're a member of Guardian Nation and it's been a while since you logged into the site and took advantage of all the online learning and training benefits that are available on ConcealedCare.com, like. Now would be a good time to do that because we got a new nine plus hour video training program waiting for you. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it's it's a lot of content. It's great. Um, looking forward to 2024. We're obviously going to shot show again, so we got that next month. Looking forward to that. Uh, what are some other things uh, maybe on the horizon for you? I'll just give you the schedule. Uh, that's what I'm focused on right now. And so for those of you who are interested in maybe connecting with us in person, here's where you can probably see us in 2024. But we're going to be at SHOT Show. For those of you who attend SHOT Show, we'd love for you to swing by and see our booth. Uh, we're all almost certainly going to be at the NRA annual meetings. Um, that one's the one that's a little bit in flux, but it's very highly likely that we'll be there. Um, and that's uh, 
like the third weekend of May. May, I May think. it's in May this year. Yeah. It's like um, May 18th to 20th uh, or yeah, something like that. NRAAM.org. I can't remember yep. uh, the, the exact dates. Um, we'll almost certainly, uh, I don't know when it will be, but you know, to be announced is the Guardian, or excuse me, not the Guardian. That one we know. To be announced is the USCCA Expo, or the, the Concealed Carry and Home Defense uh, Expo. They don't have dates or, or venue yet, but we'll almost certainly be at that one, assuming it doesn't conf- conflict with something we already have planned. The Guardian Conference, of course. You can learn more at guardianconference.com, which which we already shamelessly plugged that one. Um, we'll also be at the Active Self-Protection Conference, uh, pending also its date. And presuming there's not a conflict, we'll be at that one. Um, and, and that's kind of our current lockdown. Oh, and a girl and a gun. Girl in yeah, a Gun National Conference, April. Yep, last conf- last week in April. We'll, for the for those ladies who go to that event, and if you don't, you probably should. Uh, we'll be at that one as well. So that's that's the stuff that's yeah. currently on the calendar yep. as far as our our travel and things. And I'll just add one more event there. It just occurred to me uh, that has been now made official. Uh, I submitted my course uh, proposal for it yesterday or two days ago. Um, but if anyone's attending TACCON or the tactical conference that Rangemaster puts on, I'm actually going to be presenting there for the first time uh, this this in 2024. So I think that's the first weekend of April. So That's uh, a pretty big deal, right? Isn't TACCON like a big deal? He doesn't need a bigger head. <laughs> Let's, sorry, let's, sorry, Jacob. <laughs> let's play it down for the sake. I mean, if Riley wasn't here right yeah. now, <laughs> yeah, yeah. we could talk about how TACON is huge and it is the <laughs> standard. And we could say all the things that are probably true. But for the sake of keeping Riley's ego in check, <laughs> right, let's, right. let's downplay it a little bit. Let's, okay. let's <laughs> leave it alone. You're right. You're right. Yeah. I forget. If yeah. you're interested in attending, short answer is too late. They sold out <laughs> like 22 hours or something. Right, right. Yeah. All right. Uh, oh, Brian, uh, anything that, you know, as you're kind of looking forward to 2024, uh, anything on the, that you want to put out there? Hmm. 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 How about this? Do you mind if I ask, like, what are, as you now taking and filling in this role as new producer of the podcast, mm-hmm. what's your vision for uh, the Concealed Carry podcast? Oh, I think uh, to keep, Don't say anything stupid. Yeah, don't say anything stupid. That's always on the top of my... <laughs> <laughs> I don't always achieve that, though. So uh, I seldom achieve that. <laughs> Sorry. I would say uh, everything that's been going on with the podcast has been great. Obviously, it's been very successful, so I just want to keep that going. I'll try to grow everything and maintain... Um, what the audience is getting out of this. I want to keep that going. So uh, we we do very well on this podcast, you especially hosting everything. So I think uh, just keeping that going is my primary concern, making sure that the consistency is going to be out there, that we're getting the content out uh, on a regular basis and just steadily growing things through good strategy. Good, good thoughts there. It, Brian and I had a great uh, meeting yesterday talking about the podcast and strategy and whatnot. And uh, he said we want to maintain and keep making it, you know, keep keep it being great. But I, I think we had some some good conversations about how to make it even better. Uh, hopefully, uh, things that benefit each of you that uh, view or listen uh, to us uh, each week. I mean, that's one thing is that we are going to, uh, especially with Brian at the helm here. He's uh, really gung ho about driving things. <laughs> so uh, I. I our, our plan, our intent is to be m- much more consistent than we have been for about the last year or so. Uh, you know, the chaos of, of our schedules have been pretty interesting. And Brian's going to, you know, he's, he's, he's kind of scary looking, you know, Viking tactical type, you know, dude. So uh, he's going to keep us in line, keep us in check and say, Riley, mm-hmm. got to get that podcast done this week. Mm-hmm. Arm so. bar you. <laughs> so, so he's not joking. He'll I'm do it. Joking. He'll do it. Yeah. I'll do it. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to uh, having him on on board in this official capacity. Of course, Brian's been with us for several years, and is you know kind of really our, our our guy at the helm as far as guiding you know things at Mountain Medical. But look forward to seeing what he he does in other areas as well. Well, I'm excited for people to learn more about Brian too, because Brian's more than a medic; he's a warrior. And uh, so I'm excited for people to to, yep. to see the full Brian. <laughs> oh Thank yes, you. yeah, and, and I think that they will. I think that they will. Brian and I have talked multiple times, even this last week, about how uh, the time we've spent together in the car, traveling to conferences or shows, we've had some really, I think, awesome uh, discussions about things that would absolutely be applicable to uh, any of you concealed carriers, us as concealed carriers and, you know, uh, mindset stuff and just how to be a good human and make good decisions and uh, all of that, you know. And so uh, I think people really appreciate getting to see the, the, the the real Brian better men better guardians I think that's yeah. uh that's that's my personal goal awesome. So awesome sounds like a good tagline yeah yeah, yeah. better men 
Better Guardians. <laughs> I dig it. Hey, uh, I think at this point, we're going to kind of start uh, segueing into our topic for today. As you guys know, I mean, we, we primarily as a podcast have been a topic-driven show. Um, less so of, you know, like many podcasts are more of like an interview show, and we do some of that too. And we'll, you'll continue to see us bring some folks on and interview and, and share uh, stuff about the, the, them and their lives and their expertise. But, uh, you know, we're, we, we come here each week as best as we can prepared to do a topic of some kind. And today we're going to be talking about, uh, you know, the, the attitude of being a gray man or the, the, the practice of being a gray man um, as concealed carriers. I mean, in the name itself of concealed carry, the idea is that I am carrying defensive tools uh, that are concealed that I don't want other people to, to know I have necessarily. And there's a reason for that. And we'll, we'll break that down and discuss that and talk about what that means and what it means to be not just even concealed, but also, uh, you know, like in, in a plain sense of like, obviously Brian's got his gun exposed right now. He wants to show off his fancy new holster I just built for him this week. Matching set, custom. <laughs> Thanks, Riley. <laughs> uh, I'm, but Jake and I are carrying, you know, concealed. Uh, but but deeper than that, like how we blend into our environments, into our day to day lives. Um, you know what that looks like. We're gonna we're gonna break that down as a topic. But before we get into that. To our first episode sponsor today is our title sponsor, which is Guns.com. Uh, I want to point out that Guns.com, appreciate them for being our title sponsor. Uh, they are one of the most trusted places on the interwebs. May I? Oh, please. <clears throat> I've been practicing this voice. <laughs> Interrupting your podcast today with this important holiday message. Guns.com currently offering certified used guns on sale for December only. Check it out at guns.com. And remember, when you buy a certified used gun at guns.com, you will receive a coupon for up to 50% off your next purchase. Learn more at guns.com. And remember, for you veterans and other first responders, the guns.com now offers <laughs> ID.me verification. Secure your discount today with your ID.me account for and get rewarded for the service you've paid to our country. All this and more at guns.com. Well done, sir. Well done. I want to note that that was off script. That was, I wasn't even reading it. Oh, I know. I know. I've been working on that for a while. <laughs> right off the top of the head. Huh? Well, I've been looking in the mirror practicing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Appreciate those of you checking in, tuning in live. Uh, you guys are great. I see, you know, Scott and Curtis and uh, Christy. Good to, good to hear from you all. Thanks so much. Uh, guys, and actually throughout the rest of this episode too, really anytime, if you have any comments, questions you want to throw out there, uh, if you're watching live, feel free to drop those in the chat box, wherever you are, YouTube, Facebook. We'll, we'll try to address those if we're able to, as we're able to. Uh, so guns.com, check them out. That's our title sponsor in our first episode, uh, our first sponsor we're mentioning in the episode here today. Uh, we'll get to the other one here in a bit. So the topic of being a gray man or living your life as a gray man or gray woman or however you identify. Gray person. Gray person. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, all right, let, let's define gray man. What, what, what is the definition of gray man? I'm going to throw it at your guys. Like, what, do you, what does that mean to you? Blending in, not sticking out. And to me, it sounds like more of like uh, you are dangerous, but you don't want to appear dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that actually makes me think of like, you know, kind of the old adage of it's better to be a, a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war, mm. right? Uh, where, where I think kind of the thing that appeals to me there is like, you know, you, you see this classic in this, in my mind, I had this classic image of, you know, this warrior in a garden, but you wouldn't know it just by looking at him because he just looks like he's doing gardening things. But, you know, in a flash, he could, you know, quickly turn that you know, flip that switch, so to speak. Actually, that's interesting because I just had our last episode was with uh, Rod Cortez from Guatemala, and we the title of that was literally "Kill the Switch." Unnecessary use <laughs> of the word "literally" <laughs> or "flip the switch." Excuse me, flip flip the kill switch. I think so then, was. then it was an inaccurate use. Of yeah. The word literally. So, wow. Anyway, yeah. so uh, <laughs> I knew he'd get a kick out of that. Uh, some, you know, that's I think is also kind of part of the attitude of being a gray man. Like you don't want to necessarily look too obviously as like this. You know, I'm a you know tactical bro walking down the street here. Um, you don't want to look like a weakling either, but you you want to blend in. You want to be you want to fly under the radar. But in an instant, you know, you flip the switch and and turn on you know whatever you need to turn on skill wise to go to to go to work. Yeah. 
Well, there's some situationally dependent context here. So for the sake of this episode, because we don't have a massive amount of time to discuss all the very various things, I think we're focused on those situations where it's valuable to blend in. Because there has to be some acknowledgement that there are situations where you don't want to blend in, where you want to stick out, where you want to project, I'm not an easy victim. Or, you know, frankly, you know, I'm going to a gun match, you know, I'm going to go to the USPSA, whateverness, or I'm right. going to work at, you know, I work at a gun range. Like those are situations where you don't want to be the gray man. And you want to be the cool kid who dresses appropriate for the context and whatever is socially awesomeness uh, in that situation. So that aside, though, as daily concealed carriers, most of the time, we want to be the great man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's, so it's not just about – and I think that's what, what's key here is it's not just about, oh, I got a gun in my, in my waistband and I throw my shirt or my coat or my jacket or my hoodie over it. It's it's bigger than that. It's it's more holistic than that. Um, it's it's also an attitude. In fact, I think that's actually one way I think we can approach uh, talking about this topic is it's when we're talking about being a gray man. It is both um, say dress like dress would be part of it. How you're dressed, um, so what you're wearing, in other words, but it's also about behavior. How you, how, you how you carry yourself, how you act, how you, you know the, the the actions you carry out as well out in public, especially. So, I think, what are your thoughts, Brian? I think we got a pretty good example here of three various levels of dress. <laughs> uh, Jacob would be at the lowest end of the gray man spectrum. He's very innocuous, innocuously dressed. He's wearing some five eleven jeans, but only somebody in the know might know that his. Logo is very, you know, innocuous. He doesn't look like a very tactical person. Right. And I would say you're the next step in that phase where you've got a Boresight Solutions hat, you know, Guardian Conference kind of shirt, you know, and then I obviously look the exact opposite as some, somebody who's not trying to hide at all. And I think what, yeah. I've always really struggled with the term gray man. You know, because um, early on in my training and trying to develop my own philosophies, I, I really focused heavy on that gray man thing. Um, and at one point, I remember talking to my wife, you know, I wanted to buy this or that or the other thing because it would help with my gray man appearance. And she's like, baby, you're not hiding. Like, you walk <laughs> into a place, people notice, you know. And that really was kind of like a uh, a set in my mind, like I uh, like a reality check. And I was like you know, she's right. Like, I'm not going to hide that well. Immediately, I stick out no matter where I go. Usually, when I'll go to a, a, a restaurant or some other place, they'll ask me, like, do you need the military discount? And I'm like, yes, please. You know? <laughs> like, so one of the things I think about now is, like, if I'm not going to hide, if I'm not going to be that inconspicuous, then I'm going to have to go the other way. And so now what I do is I kind of embrace it a little bit more and try to be more of a hard target. Like when I, when I walk someplace, I walk like I'm on a mission. Like <laughs> you, you step wrong to me and I'm going to mess you up kind of a thing. And I do that on purpose, you know, so that people don't want to approach that kind of a person. They're going to pick somebody else that's going to be on that spectrum. So I think it kind of comes down to maybe a little more of a personality, I think. Yeah, interesting. I mean, I, I was when I think when I think of gray man, I think of like four sides of the box. You know, one being kind of like what the cards I'm dealt. Second being clothing. Third being attitude. And fourth being you know car and other relevant car. things. So, uh, yeah. so the, the card we were dealt is is a really valid, legitimate idea. I'm sitting between the two of you right now. I'm five foot nine. I'm I don't know somewhere around 200 pounds probably i'm about as average american adult male as you can get you are the quintessential oh, spy guy yeah, like, yeah. I, I can blend like i am i'm the american male like, i don't know i mean other than my hair is a little short um i'm, I'm pretty dang well you guys are like six something and six something else um you know and yeah you you got the tactical beard thing going on you look <laughs> you look like you said, the, the tats bro i mean yeah like i would i would give you the military disc i wouldn't even ask <laughs> i'd be scared to not give you the military discount so um, I think I think yeah that's like there is a, a hand I'm dealt kind of thing, but um, yeah you can embrace it so to speak uh, or I think you can downplay it too I think there's plenty a person can do to to downplay hey I'm the big guy in the room or I look the scare like the scary guy in the room I think there's things you can do to kind of offset that uh, and sometimes you do that by the way like the clothes you wear are often very um, counter to that that kind of demeanor um, you know I've I've seen you in some awkward looking sweats thing and you got those <laughs> tall socks you know and and then you got like the, the like I'm a hillbilly redneck um, you know. 
plaid jacket thing that you like to rock. Mm-hmm. So, so, so I think that there's different, like, yeah, you know, there's a card we're dealt, but there's things we can do about that. Yeah. I think one thing that'd be uh, relevant or important to acknowledge at this point is that it's very much contextual. Uh, there, there's nuance here because we're, we're all in different places, uh, doing different things, living different lives uh, and, and each of our, and I'm talking about when I say our, I'm talking about all of us, you included watching and listening to the podcast. Uh, we, we are all in a different context of life, right? And so, I mean, as an example, I mean, I'm going to describe your day because I think I understand it generally pretty well. You know, Jacob gets up this morning, gets himself ready probably checks in, does a couple things on, you know, work-wise on the computer or on his phone or whatever, uh, hops in the car, drives him himself, you know, straight down here to the warehouse, to our shop or office or whatever you want to call it here. It's, it's all of those things, you know, and, and so here we are. And then he's going to, when we're done with the podcast, he's probably going to jump right back in his pickup and, and, and drive back home. And, uh, you know, like, okay, cool. He, he could kind of, in that context, probably dress more or less however he wants to, do whatever he wants to do and and because there's not a whole lot of you know gray man blending and he needs to be concerned about uh in in that kind of context mine looks very similar as well um so but i'll give you an example like earlier this year i remember it was actually on on uh yeah on independence day which was kind of surprised us that it was even open uh we took our kids my wife and i to um the uh museum the history one that's like uh, natural, the New Museum of Natural History, ah. uh, downtown Denver here, and so it's July or January four or July fourth, Independence Day. Uh, surprisingly, it was open. It was limited hours, but they had an opening, and we had uh, uh, free tickets that we were able to secure, and so that's why we're like, "Hey, let's go!" And so we went. You know, it was like I don't know, eleven a.m. or something, and so here we are driving downtown. Uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's downtown. I mean, a block away, there's like homeless camp, you know, and, and there's, <laughs> that's all, how we identify. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I must be downtown. It, it's there's a downtown camp. Denver. Yeah. And in fact, I remember even from where we parked to the entrance of, um, uh, of the museum, there was kind of a, kind of a sketched out dude that I, I didn't initially, he wasn't there when I think when we first rolled up or I might've chose a different you know, parking place. Um, because we, we get, we get parked, we get out, we start walking towards the entrance and I'm like, Oh, where does this guy come from? And he was, I mean, he was sketched out. I'm like, great. This is exactly what I didn't want to encounter with my wife and kids as we came down here to go to this museum. Right. Um, anyway, my, my approach to, to go into that museum that day, by the way, everything was fine with respect like, you know, we, I, I put myself between my family and him and we, you know, navigated and I was, you know, diligent and it was all fine. But the way I dressed that day looked very differently than how I typically show up here to the sure, office, of right? Sure, of course, right. Because context. my context that day is very different. Different expectations. Right? So I, I wore like a like a like a, a I actually drove dressed a little bit more. It was still pretty casual, but maybe a little bit more leaning towards like business casual. Uh, you know, so I can't remember if it was a polo shirt or a button shirt, and I wasn't wearing. You know, I, I think it might have just been standard uh, blue jeans. But, uh, but even like things like, like your, our shoes, like these are Solomon's, right? Now Solomon's actually fit pretty well, I think in the context of Colorado, because a lot of people are outdoors people, but you know, I think I even changed up my shoes that day and wore a pair of, uh, uh, they basically just look like, uh, um, like Timberland boots. They're not actually Timberland. No, they are Timberland brand, you know? So, you know, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) you know, but they look nice, you know, compared to with how I was dressed. And then I did not wear a Boresight Solutions hat. I remember wearing a hat. I don't remember which one, but I have, you know, I don't know what you look like without a hat. So the, (laughs) so the point is, it's like, okay, you know, changing my dress because we're going into a different context and, uh, I didn't want to be, I didn't want to even be identified in that museum, uh, as being a gun guy, you know, sure, um, because sure. you know that might have some interesting implications well, as well. That's one of my things that I I, I kind of I struggle with this concept a little bit because it, it has. So the idea is is that you are so blended in that people aren't going to pick you out of a crowd either one for crime because they want to attack you to take what you have or to, to exploit you in some way right. or two like some sort of terrorist attack sure some sort yeah. of active shooter somebody Hard walks target. in yeah, yeah they're going to case the joint and they're like okay who's here to cause me problems that guy looks like he might be a problem so my question tends to come like who are we hiding from as gray men like anybody in the know is gonna know like if 
you get a, a random person, a criminal's going to know like when you look like a cop and when you don't. You know, I think they're going to pick up on that stuff much more easily. The only person you're really going to hide that from is going to be like your standard crackhead kind of person or a sheep. Everyone I else, know, I think, man. is going to know. I don't. I don't know if I agree with that. I I think that um, if if we if the three of us did not know each other, and we were all hanging out at the the local mall or Union Station, um, I think you guys would have a hard time picking me out of the crowd. Well, I agree with that about you. Def- yeah, I see. You have the advantage. <laughs> yeah, you are much more of the advantage. Like, run but if I see crazy Riley, kids, and yeah. if I see Riley, I'm going to be like, "That dude's got a piece on him." Okay, so yesterday, <laughs> I I was at my barber shop. Yeah. I was sitting in there getting my hair cut, and yep. up on the wall, hanging there, was a Magpul hat and a uh, black rifle coffee company shirt. And I went, "All right, who's got the gun?" You, you're carrying, aren't you? And he's like, yup. I'm like, okay, dude. Like, you know, people who are going to, they're going to know if sure, you, if sure, you sure. know your craft, if you are a criminal of any kind, you're going to pick up some, you look like a cop, Riley. You know, I would say, hey, if I'm going to come into a place, no matter what you're wearing, just the way that you are and the way you carry yourself, I'm going to guess well, you're somebody. So- so this is something that I, I don't disagree because I I will I will admit that there's there was one time in particular um, that I I remember you know so at least the the clothing that I was wearing was chosen to be more gray man like because mm. I was I don't, I'm trying I was at a store I think it was on a date with my wife or something and we went into a store and um, um, trying to think exactly what was going on I just remember wanting to blend in more. Right, because we were out in the public, and it was more of a of a urban environment. And uh, I just remember the person that was checking us out was like, um, you know, military law enforcement discount or something to that effect. And I was like, oh, uh, no, no, that doesn't apply to me. Oh, and they were kind of like taken aback. I'm like, what made you ask? They're like, oh, you look like a cop. Mm-hmm. And I was like. You know now, okay. So Phil. Well, yeah. You know, and again, I wasn't wearing anything. I remember. I remember distinctly. I wasn't remembering. I wasn't wearing anything super obvious, but something. Something you know told told him. I mean, part of it. I, some of it, I think, is the way I carry myself and the way I behave. So I have experimented a little bit with um, you know changing up the way I walk, the way sure, I carry myself. Yeah. Because you know, like, what does a cop cop do when they walk around? They're like, you know, I mean. I have a tendency like you to kind of, I, I care. I, I walk upright shoulders back generally. And you know, like I'm a cop, but you know, I can totally slouch down a little bit and change some of that look to an extent, I think, and, and even change my gait and things of that nature. It's not good for your posture, bro. No, it's not. I agree, but it can be done. I don't know what your thoughts on that. No, I think uh, I mean, there was that study that was not done too long ago about those, um, the criminals, they were, who are you going to, pick on is it going to be this person who's slouched and walking over or are you going to are you going to pick on this dude that's standing up and looking everybody in their eyes mm-hmm. you know so i i tend to i tend to take the approach of being more of the hard target and i'm going to be polite and kind to everybody but i'm going to look everybody in their in their eyes and i'm going to walk with my chest up sure you know like i, I like sure if you mess with me then it's going to be a bad day for you so i tend to take that route but i guess not everybody can take that route but you know so i think i think that and this is a really great point because there's there's when we're talking, that's why we're having this conversation. By the way, I think this is great because, um, in your effort to, well, we previously visited this topic uh, a long time ago, like 500 episodes ago, mm-hmm. um, and I don't remember what the title. 527 was. episodes ago. There, oh, yeah, to see, be exact, because Jacob looked it up. <laughs> it was episode 130. That I know. Uh, and uh, one of the things that was, uh, I remember that we talked about in that. Oh, you just interrupted the train of thought here. <laughs> Don't worry, I can but I can that, talk. That thought jump is in. gone. Um, you know, just talking about this balance of, um, you know, the, the, this this is something that's that's a real thing when you're talking about the the idea of being the gray man. Yes, you can't project. That, I'm an easy victim, right? Like, but there is kind of it can go both ways as far as like, well, oh, I remember the example of, that we mentioned in that exam in that episode was pe- people that are on their mobile devices all the time today. Like, you see that commonly. So, like one added or one way of blending in, especially in like a busy, uh, uh, you know, like say you go to the mall, go to the mall today, and look at what people are doing, right? And how many of them are doing this, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so if I was to pull out my phone and be like, you know, I I would be blending in probably with a good chunk of people in the mall 
doing the same thing on their phones. What'd you say? I wasn't listening. I was looking at my phone. (laughs) Right. Okay. So, so that would be, so like, that's an example of that. That would be a behavior that would probably match the environment, a certain of a certain environment. Right. But that's maybe not the right behavior that I want to project because it might make me look more like a victim. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think this is a totally valid part of this conversation of, I want to blend in and there's ways I can blend in and ways I can make myself look less like a, like a cop, maybe less like a threat and all that's a bit more difficult because I'm a large guy and so are you. But, you know, I think that's why context is important and understanding the context you're in, that there's a time and place where maybe I don't want to look so like, I'm out, I'm here, I have arrived in other times where you do want to project that a bit more. I will say that with that guy out, like when I was in the museum, I tried to just be like, I'm normal, normal American dude here. And uh, I don't want to be like standing out amongst, you know, probably what are a bunch of non-gun toting, non-second amendment believing folks. Mm -hmm. But outside, when we encountered that dude on the street, it was all sketched out. How do you think I was, you know, in that instance, put myself between me and my family. And it's like, I'm six foot three, 240 pounds, bro. You better back up. Cause right. he was basically blocked, you know, like obscuring part of the walkway. That's a, a little bit of my goal with my own personal, like uh, goal for that is that I want to appear like I would be not fun to play around with, yeah. but also I don't want to appear like I've got a weapon on me. You yeah, know, because yeah. that needs to be a surprise. That needs to be a tactical advantage, right? So yeah. I don't want to look like I've got a weapon on me, but I also don't want to look like someone you want to really want to mess with a little bit. Yeah. I, this is all, I think this is a movie quote, though I can't place movie now, but something like they, they need to really like you, but then instantly forget you. It might be Ocean's 13 mm. or Ocean's 11. Mm. That sounds, that sounds <laughs> ring a bell. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. he's talking to Matt Damon and he's like, they, they, need to, they need to like you, but then immediately forget everything about you. Yeah. So yeah, like I don't want to, I never, I never, I cannot think of a single circumstance where I want to look like an easy victim. Right. Never. Like I can't, like there's no context for like, oh, I want to look like a victim, mm-hmm. but I also do not want to stand out. And I think that's the balance here is, and, and there are some mission specific objectives, right? Like, well, this is my objective in this moment. And so adjust as needed, right? But my core operating parameter is I want to be forgettable. I don't want to stand out. I do not want, like, later if there's a lineup and I'm the bad guy, I want the person to not be able to identify me in the lineup because I am so, like, just another guy. And so, so yes, I don't want to look like a victim. There's never any circumstance where I want to look like an easy victim. Um, But I also just don't want to stick out. I don't want to be memorable. I don't want to be obvious about uh, my defensive preparedness either. And, And I think that that's a balance that's very strikeable. Um, maybe mm-hmm. more so for me than you too. Well, I think I, I definitely, I think uh, for, for me personally, like uh, my personal style is like a big deal. Like I want to wear things that I like, you know, and, and part yeah. of that is I, it makes me stand out. And I know that, you know, um, that I find these things and I enjoy them. So I want to wear them and I know it makes me look a particular way and makes me more memorable to people, but that's a part of it that I like, you know, and like, sure. I think a lot about like dressing as a gray man, I would have to give up a lot of my own personal self style, which I really value now. You know, I haven't always valued my personal style, but now that I do in this part of my life, I really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I am reluctant to give that up, mm-hmm. you know, at, at yeah. the cost of, you know, trying to blend in a little bit more. Sure. And there's certain styles that, uh, uh, I think, do better in this regard than others. Like mm-hmm. your personal style is definitely more of that, you know, tactical Viking kind of approach. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas uh, I, I, you know, I have a good friend uh, in Florida that uh, he, he's really dived deep into, you know, he, he has a style and it's a very, I describe it as almost kind of preppy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, looking at him, you, you so he looks good at the golf club. Yeah, exactly. Um, like in like kind of almost like old school, like, like, 1960s golf club you know like like that's kind of his style now and uh you know he's very unassuming you know at the same time i know he's carrying a gun concealed well and sometimes he's wearing shirts tucked in even Mm -hmm. but he's still carrying a gun how's he doing that enigma Mm. filster enigma right and and so actually probably cared with the compared with the ksu lexington probably just yeah or declaration yeah Uh, com. uh, (laughs) get yours today (laughs) but uh you know, so so style is is a is a piece here, and like 
I, I live a very much public life, I would say, compared to the average American. I mean, I'm, we're not like super, super duper celebrities or anything. No. But you and I have been places where publicly people are like, oh, my goodness, it's Riley and Jacob. Sure, you know? sure. Because they, they recognize us from the podcast or from, you know, yeah. something I've seen else. it happen to Brian right next to me. And I always yeah. feel stupid. Yep. <laughs> yep. And so You're th- Brian there's also a point where I'm kind of like, well, I have a style and I kind of embrace that as well. And I'm, I, sort of accept that uh, because I'm already somewhat of a public a figure to some extent anyway. But then again, when I'm going to the Museum of Natural History in downtown Denver on a you know slower J- July 4th day, like probably nobody there is going to know me. And so I you know try to take a little bit of a different approach. But there's a lot of times where I'm like, well, I'm going out and about and I, you know, I'm wearing this Guardian Conference, you know, train right, train off and train safe so you can fight hard, fight fast, fight true, you know, mantra across my chest. Uh, probably not super great man of me in, you know, my local Walmart, but uh, there's times where I'm like, ah, oh, well, you know, and and <laughs> it's not be, ideal. But, be balance. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, those times I, I need to be, I need to make sure that, I, that I'm not, um, that I'm not being lazy. I need to be paying attention. To who or if anybody's paying attention to me, uh, anybody try to cause a problem with me, I need to be, you know, I just, I have to be on point uh, with all those soft skills if I am not going to be, you know, as gray as I'd maybe prefer to be in some of those public settings. So, um, Oh, actually, there's some comments here I thought would be worth sharing. I uh, appreciate Christy. She said, the world, the worse the world's getting, the less I want people to see me. I don't want anyone's attention. I've switched to appendix with a chassis. So chassis, uh, uh, Filster Enigma would be an example of that, right? Uh, no more red hair because uh, she'd dye her hair, you know, red and stuff, like really bright red. And I will still make solid eye contact. Oh, so that balance kind of what we were talking about earlier. Yeah. yeah. She also said here, Riley's hat, eyes, and where he keeps his hands are a flag for me. Yeah. <laughs> so and I'm aware of those things. And I Jacob tried, seems innocent. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm used to seeing a lot of beards and tattoos where I live. You know, one of the challenges like with me, so if I pull the hat off, I, I shave my head now. I mean, I'm mostly bald on the top. And just having that head shaved like that is you look like a cop, mm. you know, you know, so, so, uh, uh, I just, I have other hats that I will put on that, you know, don't look like, you know, tactical kind of ones. But. Yeah. I mean, if I, I'm, I'm known for saying the following, if you wear camo anywhere, but Walmart, we know you got guns, <laughs> but that, that brings you to like the gray man of the vehicle, right? Yes. Like I, I would love to put some badass stickers on my truck and just like super cool but it weirds me out having that parked outside of my house you know or in a mm-hmm. parking lot somewhere where people are like hey I, I bet that guy's got a gun in his truck kind of thing so i think the gray man for me like i don't even run like uh veteran plates on my my yeah. vehicle or anything like that it just makes me feel a little weird well this i mean all i wish i had the research in front of me right now and i don't but i know we've referenced it more specifically in other in other episodes but you know, the number one source <laughs> criminals get guns more by stealing them than all other sources combined right times two right so so like the number one like the major like over 90 something percent or whatever it was of guns used in crimes are stolen from gun owners so yeah i mean yeah i don't want to advertise like hey if you follow this truck home you'll definitely find a house with guns in it for surezies I'm not yep. going for that. Yep. Um, and, 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 you know, that's, that's the, well, yeah, you know, just not putting then any gun relevant, you know, the veteran, the, you know, the, I saw a really cool one the other day that was like a, a full size AR. And then there was like an, you know, like a, a submachine gun and then a couple small handguns. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like You're the different f- members of the family. family. That was super yeah. cute. Yeah. You know, so avoiding that just doesn't shout gun owner, but I'm, I'm crazier. I am more extreme. I am more paranoid. So I'm a person who doesn't put, anything on the car i want my car to be so forgettable i drive if you've listened to this podcast for a period of time you know i drive a tacoma you know how many tacomas there are you know and and i don't drive the fancy blue orange or desert tan tacoma oh no i got a black one you know how many black tacomas there are they're endless like good luck of finding me if the guys i was a black tacoma like oh really in the rocky especially here yeah colorado or uh, subaru and that's your other family vehicle the top selling vehicle in in in, uh, colorado's f-150 followed closely by the toy by basically any any toyota toyota tundra tacoma and then right after that's yeah subaru outback or super forester so so you know that's public data, by the way. You can go look up the Polk, P-O-L-K, um, vehicle registration data in your area. That's public available data. But 
so anyway, I'm, I'm point is I take it one step further. It's more than I just don't want to be identified as a gun guy. I don't want to be mem- remembered at all. Like I just want to be the like extremely forgettable, innocent person, like Chris said. <laughs> I like Scott's <laughs> comment. I identify as an old duffer, and I'm pretty successful. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, like ET here on YouTube. He says I've tried not to change the way I dress or interact with people since starting to carry. Just the same old guy as always. Dang and then right. Christy follows it up with that the, you remind her of uh, of an EMT. Well, I do have I do have a, a, a medical shirt ish right now. So you do. yeah, I'm yeah. jealous of it. That's my, yeah, it's a one of a kind. I don't have one, and I'm very upset about it. I'm the only <laughs> one that has this shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, real quick, uh, our other sponsor of this episode is CCW Safe. CCWSafe.com is their site where you can check them out. Uh, we used to you know publish the the code a little bit more uh, publicly. I believe it's still in effect. Uh, it's sometimes been hit or miss, but you can always try the code CC Podcast, and it, I think it will save you ten percent. It may not. Um, it's worth joining, even if it doesn't save you ten percent. Yes, they've had some issues with coupon codes basically being taken and put on Reddit forums and things like that, and that you know that that just completely destroys the purpose of this. And so, if if the coupon code does work, please don't share it randomly on some random web forum. And if it doesn't work, I'm sorry, you're the victim of all the losers who do put it on. Well, random if it web doesn't forms. work, what I think I can't say for sure is that Guardian Nation members yes. get their own code in the members dashboard area. And that one will save you 20% off your CCW Safe membership. Why CCW Safe? Because uh, we believe they are the best company out there that provides legal protection type program for uh, for concealed carriers, gun carriers. Those of you that are passionate about personal and self-defense like you are, uh, consider joining CCWSafe.com. We know that they stand behind their members. They've demonstrated that time and time again, including through some high-profile cases, and they have some really awesome guys backing them up as well on the uh, the, the legal and, advi- and advisory side of the house as well. Uh, they're just good people. So please support good people, support good companies doing good things, protecting like-minded folks like yourselves and us here, ccwsafe.com. Uh, we are kind of getting close to, to time, and I know Brian's actually got to get going here, but uh, so we'll start wrapping this up here. Uh, I don't know. I, actually, let's come back. Just I want to touch one more time. It's somewhat of a controversial thing, even the subject that you brought up, Jacob, of uh, you know having you know, or actually, I guess Brian did as well, stickers and identifiers and things like that on our vehicles that you know make it pretty apparent that you're probably a gun toting you know american um even that can be somewhat controversial some people are like oh well you know nobody cares about that stuff when in fact we have stories of of times where vehicles been targeted for that but uh the other one that's a little bit controversial is some people say well hey isn't and, and it touches on this subject because you're talking about you know sort of posturing yourself to look like a tough target um the, the other attitude that goes along with that sometimes is, well, don't I want to just carry openly all the time? Yeah, being, being an active deterrent. Yeah. And, and so, I don't know, what, you thought, what are you guys' thoughts on that? I, I think it, it tactically doesn't make any sense. Like if it, the whole point of concealed carry is that it is a force multiplier that you could deploy with surprise. You know, like that is our whole point of carrying concealed. And so, um, if, if somebody's got eyes on that and you don't know who – you know, it could be somebody from down the street, 300 yards back, and you'd never be able to know that. And they could take you totally on surprise, especially if you don't understand your retention skills, hand-to-hand combat kind of things. You don't have a retention on your open carry a holster. Like that to me is just like a big no-no. Um, and I think you could accomplish the exact same thing in a much more subtle way just by your posturing. I have the benefit of looking like a scary dude, but I know I have approached some much more diminutive people and been a little intimidated because of their presence, because of the way they look me in the eye and the way that they talk to me, you know, Mm -hmm. like this is something I think anybody can do, you know, whether or not you're, you know, even if you're an 80 year old, tiny little grandma, I'm going to, that fiery one who's got the knitting needles in her hand. Like, I'm not going to play around with that one. I'm going to go find one who's not paying attention and an easier target, right? I think it would benefit everyone to have this kind of, uh, you know, to walk through life and be like, hey, watch out. Playing with me is not going to be quite as much fun. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, we have what we have, what I would call a data gap here. 
uh, I like to think about the data. We have lots of incidents that are, you know, documented, uh, you know, relatively large number of, of people who are clearly carrying a gun being targeted for crime. So we have plenty of that. What we don't have is any data on the number of crimes that have been deterred because somebody was there carrying a gun. Uh, you know, I mean, we have some anecdotal, you know, maybe comments made by criminals or something. Oh, yeah, I, I, you know, I wouldn't go there. They have, they have guns. But we don't really have any negative data, right? That's, that's the kind of the, the lack of the data by nature of, of what it is. So, so, you know, don't really have any good research on this. I, I think that what we're – but for me, it feels very logical, very sensible to suggest that the – the idea that I'm going to deter someone from crime by being armed is highly unlikely, highly unlikely. And and if we have to weigh it, like, is there a potential benefit to to being the deterrent? Yes, like there's definitely a potential benefit. I think there's an there's an argument for uh, dude walks in, you know, whatever area, place, thing, sees me with with gun and says, "Oh crap, I'll come back another day," or "I'll go to the other church," or whatever. Like, that, is that a viable argument? Absolutely. But the odds of that happening are so much smaller than than the odds of me having the advantage, the force multiplier of not being an active visible deterrent. The uh, the the, the, the it's kind of like a stakes stakes versus risk odds thing. Yeah, of, risk. Yeah. yeah, risk 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 versus odds. Like the, uh, just statistically, I'm I'm much more likely to be in a defensive encounter where being an active deterrent would have no advantage at all, and I'm yeah. much more advantageous by being uh, the surprise element. So, so I'm I'm rolling the dice. I'm playing the odds of the game when I carry concealed and I act gray manish. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I agree with that. And I think that's where there's this disconnect when this dis, you know when this kind of discussions had in amongst our community members of you know, well, it's a deterrent. You know, I, I think that's exactly kind of where this gets missed is that we don't know exactly how much of a deterrent it is. We don't know what the data is that backs any of that up. But what I do know that I appreciate from a tactical standpoint, uh, because it's just smart tactics. I mean, Brian, you served, you deployed overseas. Uh, you know a thing or two about you know fighting and 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 and, and uh, you know tactics being employed. Well, surprise is like the most basic tactic of all: speed, surprise, and violence of action. Yeah. So you know having that 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 ace up my sleeve, which is my gun. Uh, you know that. Uh, Ideally, nobody knows I have, but I get to make the decision of when that comes into play, uh, and 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 when that happens, well, you know, at least with me, it's going to happen really fast, <laughs> <laughs> or not, or it, might, or it might not be at all. I just, but yeah. you know, you get what I'm saying here, and so um, I like I like the element of surprise. I think it's uh, I think there's a lot of value to having and retaining that and deciding when I want that to become, you know, a factor in a particular event. And just imagine if you g- get involved in some kind of altercation, maybe not even something you start, but for whatever reason, you, you, without knowing it, you just, you cut somebody off uh, or did something that offended somebody. And now they're in your face and you got a gun on your hip. That's already in play. And, and also the things that they can say about you, oh yeah, you no know, kidding. can really get blown out of proportion yeah. as well. And, and so by the fact that I'm concealed, you know, it keeps it out of, out of that picture until I decide it needs to enter the picture. And I think that that's a really important consideration to, to be made there. So uh, this is a concealed carry podcast. Obviously we're advocates of concealed carry. We don't, uh, you know, want to, like we believe in the right to openly carry a firearm or carry a firearm however you want to carry a firearm. We think that that right uh, sh- is and should be enshrined in the Second Amendment. But uh, from a more of a thinking man's position of who do we want to be as tactically smart uh, gray man type individuals. And I think, you know, concealed carry is the way. In that regard. Just because it's lawful doesn't mean it's prudent. Yeah. And vice versa, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just because I can, you know, accost somebody that's doing something that, you know, bothers me doesn't mean I, I should because it sometimes leads to, you know, bad things. Mm. Yeah, I guess my wrap up thought would be if anyone wants some, uh, you know, I, I'm not a stylish man. So I guess the, the name of Jacob's article is, you know, the gray man, how to be boring like me. <laughs> That's what we should have titled this episode. <laughs> How to be boring and lame and have no style like Jacob. I think this title of my would be um, um, How to Justify Not Being a Gray Man. <laughs> <laughs> 
fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> I like it. And and I think that uh, mine would be um, be mindful of your circumstances and the context that you find yourself in and make the best decisions you can relative to that context. Um, understanding that uh, even within your local community, that context can change. And also, if you do any traveling about in the country, one thing that's acceptable, like from a dress standpoint in one part of the country might be a major red flag in a different part of the country, right? Uh, or season, time of year, uh, you know, uh, dressing uh, with heavier clothing than is, you know, uh, you know, prudent based on the, 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 the temperature or whatever that, you know, like something that gives that, that signifies that, well, what's he hiding under that coat or that jacket? Like people pick up on that kind of stuff. I actually gave an example of that, in that episode one thirty of being uh, somewhere where uh, someone was dressed too warmly. And it was like, what's up with that, bro? You know, I have a trench coat <laughs> that I love <laughs> that I don't wear because it makes me look like a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're sensitive about trench coats in Colorado. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So just understand your context and adapt accordingly and do the best you can to fit in with wherever you are. Um, at the same time, maintain that balance to making sure that you don't look weak and you don't look like a target. Uh, and I think one of the things that's, you know, we haven't mentioned the word yet this episode, but I think we've touched on the attitude of it is that carrying yourself with confidence, confidence. goes a long ways, not just in this particular thing, but just goes a long ways in life, I think, in general. And that's something you practice. Like I, I'm not I haven't always been a confident person in my life. It's something I had to work on like gradually. And I think that, you know, that's that's a totally normal way to do it. Read the autobiography by Teddy Roosevelt. Mm -hmm. He talks about that same thing. So if Teddy Roosevelt does it, you know it'll work. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Appreciate you sharing that tidbit. Well I think that's all I have, gents. Great. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. <laughs> Another great episode with y'all. Thanks so much for being here. We look forward to seeing you again uh, next week. Actually, I, I would anticipate on, on seeing us uh, a week from now for another episode of the Concealed Carry Podcast. Until then, a reminder to train right, train often, and train safe so you can fight hard, fight fast, and fight true. Take care. <laughs>